On today's Believe in Chicago Sports podcast, we're talking baseball and our lovely slumping Cubs and Sox. Can they get off the schneid and get back to where we want them to be? Who knows? And we've been teasing it for two weeks. We'll talk about our sports hoarder collection. What the hell do we have in our closets that should never, ever be there anymore from sports memorabilia? All that and more coming up on episode 50 now. Welcome in to episode 50, as Joey mentioned, the big 5-0 of the Believe in Chicago Sports podcast. As we sit here recording today, Joey, we get to talk about and celebrate episode 50 by talking about an absolute shit show cluster F of whatever the hell it is being played baseball-wise on the north and south side. The South Siders, Chicago White Sox, still on their West Coast trip. Not actually back playing in front of us on the south side. But nonetheless, both teams um, in different ways just not showing very impressive play out on the baseball diamond. So we're actually going to dive into that first. And once again, what better way to celebrate the 50th show by just complaining nonstop and having a therapy session, if you will, about our favorite. That's what we do on this show. So our, you know, it really is. That, that's what I'm saying is it, it just makes sense that this is episode 50. We just get to complain and, you know, sit back on the couch or the recliner right now and talk about what's eating at us. You look at the north side, and they can't hit worth a lick. Couldn't hit water if they fell out of a boat. I read you the stat uh, just before we got on here when we were doing a little bit of a pre-show planning here. Coming into today, I read that stat. I'll, I'll try to look it up in a little bit how – their combined batting average is less than pitchers. It was like 120. It was like a buck you know, 20 or something like that. And obviously that, that number's adjusted a little bit since the game today. But batting well under the 200-pound mark, not very good at all as a team. The White Sox, apparently, and Adam Eden struggling greatly in this category, just do not know how to play defense, apparently. They are struggling very much so defensively and in other ways, shape, or form. So... Here we are. We have a 500 club and a sub 500 club. White Sox three and four. Last, we're checking the updated standings here. Chicago Cubs playing at 500. Uh, not great baseball, I guess you could say, Joey. I know you're definitely going to want to dive into the Cubs, or maybe you don't. I've, uh, I'll, I'll assume you will, but I don't know how uh, happy you will be in diving into that um, whatever it's been in really the past few days to open up the baseball season this week. Yeah, I mean, besides the weather, there's been not much else to cheer about. I mean, it's it's fascinating, you know, because this team seems to have the same issue every year, and it's just they cannot figure this out offensively, and they keep changing our hitting coaches. Oh, Chili Davis isn't the answer. we got to bring someone else in, and this is not the answer. we got to bring someone else in, and it just it doesn't really seem to seem to really work. And um, Oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying, oh, my goodness, it's almost like they're like they're the baby bears where the <laughs> offense isn't working. You gotta oh, get a don't you dare. <laughs> Down here at Ridley, now you got to get the new hitting coach. Don't you the, dare bring o- that up. Which offensive coordinator for the Bears is getting fired because of the offense and which hitting coach is going to be replaced because oh, of the offense? God. I have to. I'm sorry. I it's, to. Too, it's too true. But... No, it, it's it's just a fascinating thing because it's it, it, it's the same issue they've had, and two, you know, and Jock Peterson talked about it today, and I know he's new, so he feels a lot of pressure, and he said that, and he had like a you know he he started out over like fifteen, finally got a you know a, 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 off the hitting slump today, but 
it seems like overall there's a whole pressure with this team. And it's and it stems from the way they were constructed coming into this, to where they chipped away at some of the key pieces, but still could be competitive. But kind of made it clear of, we're turning this team over, finances are in trouble because of COVID, which is a whole other conversation we've had, but it, it it's not the same look Cubs you wanted to see coming into this year. And with that comes a pressure to be good quickly, otherwise they're selling everything off. And I'm not here to freak out about the first, you know, two series of the year. Like, that's not what I want to do because that's just dumb. But there is a a reality here of there is a pressure on this team, just like last year when they had to have a a hot start in the condensed season. And now you're seeing it again that they're not performing and it can turn the entire trajectory of the team upside down. And that's got to freak some guys out that have been here a while to go, well, crap, like if we don't have a good enough April... What does that mean come the trade deadline in July? And, and and I feel like that that mindset's creeping into players, not just us as fans, and that makes it even harder to perform. So I'm I'm not like I said, I'm not gonna freak out here about everything going on, but watch what happens in the next month or so to see kind of what's going on. Because if it continues, it could change the entire direction of the team. And, and and that's a big, big storyline to, to watch because the same kind of script going again here for the 2021 season. We're not going to panic. We're not going to panic. Everything's fine. Let's stick with two bits that, that you just had there. One, let's go into the, well, there's not, there's not necessarily any need to panic. But two, this has been a reoccurring theme for a couple seasons now with the struggling offense. Granted, you're only a little bit over a week, you know, just about a week into the season. And then, you know, you could be the fan who says, well, you know, we don't want to panic just now. Well, the problem is we're not just basing this off of the first week of the season. We're basing this off of the first week of the season plus a couple seasons past. So when you look at it that way, you start to really think about, okay, even if they pick things up ever so slightly, but don't drastically improve because at this point, when you're coupling with seasons past, you're going to need drastic improvement. Otherwise, you would assume what's going to happen is probably what should have happened potentially this offseason or the offseason before, drastic changes, right? Even much bigger changes than what we even had this offseason. And granted, obviously, this offseason was as different as you could have as different as it could have been, all things considered going on in the world. But when you put that into perspective and not just try to have a first week of the season fiasco in terms of spitting out hot takes, it's still worth looking into, right? It's, it's worth looking into, okay, they are going to need a by far drastic improvement. Otherwise things are going to get really crazy. So I wouldn't doubt Joey, if we're only about 50 plus games away or so, I mean, you know, looking into maybe just before the first half of the season wraps up here, if things don't get turned around drastically within that, what would that be, like a 45, 40-45 game, um, no games down the road. If they don't improve dramatically, then you're probably really cooking up the conversation of, okay, what are these huge changes that are going to be made either by trade deadline or or next offseason? Like you're really going to start doing that what we were doing with the Chicago Bears midway through the season, of like some heavy projections as a fan, at least, on what is what it's going to take to turn this thing around. And me, 
not being such a diehard Cubs fan as yourself and many others in this town, it is still so freaking weird to me, right? And this is it's not just the Chicago Cubs where you can do this. There's been many a great teams past who, for whatever reason, after winning a World Series or after being very competitive, just not the same team, even though the majority or a lot of the roster, at least the big boys you're looking to produce, are the same, such as, you know, I'm going with the Baezes, the Rizzos, the Bryants here, um, even, the, even Hayward, who offensively hasn't been, you know, the, the player you necessarily wanted him to be going all the way back to the signing, but it's so weird looking at that lineup and thinking they're struggling and have been struggling this, this bad. I mean, think about it. You're looking at Rizzo's, you're looking at Brian, you're looking at Baez, you're looking at a Contreras. Like, the names from this season and seasons past, whenever you're looking at that lineup, you know, if you're just going one year removed from 2016, and we've talked about this plenty of times, you thought they were set with the players that majority of them that are on the roster now. Like, in terms of the big names, those that's the reason why you thought they would have been set and at least able to compete at this point. As a Cubs fan, you're probably sitting there thinking, we'll be lucky enough if we don't turn this thing around to make the playoffs, you know? And it is shocking. I think eventually, you know, the Hoyers, he's going to be pushed enough, not only by, you know, just by himself. Like, the Cubs are going to make it a little easier for him to come to terms with needing to make a big move eventually, you know? And, And once again, this isn't me trying to just to sit here a week into the season and now, you know, try to make up some takes and whatnot, either for the show or just for just me as a fan observing it. But I think it's more or less, like you said, slowly but surely, if it doesn't get turned around, becoming a reality. Right. Cause now just, it's a, so sell your Brian Jersey. <laughs> nope. Uh, but now it's a trend, right? That's what's concerning. It's not like, okay, like f- 2021 early season freak out. Everyone, panic and throw out all your i mean like no this has happened year after year after year now and maybe is why this management's like you know what we can't really commit to these guys because not that they're past their prime they're still great players but it's like this clearly isn't working and so you have to move forward to figure out what what can work and Listen, I think it's a crime that they didn't re-sign Baez yet, or they're not doing extension talk with Rizzo right now, based on what they've what they've meant to this city. But we should know better as fans to not pay for past performance. And you got to do, you know, what what you've done for me lately, or what will you do? And that's a real question that you never thought you'd have to answer until. I don't know, now or next year, having been to the past five World Series, but you didn't. <laughs> well, well, that's what's that's like almost like the golden rule in sports now, especially with a lot of you know players around the leagues, especially in the NBA. But I'm going to try to stick more with baseball. Like that's like one of the number one rules, right? As a front office, is you don't pay for past performance. Like it's a rule that's broken, you know, often enough probably, but. It's becoming the thing where, like, it's really looked into now. Where if you're trying to really bring that to the negotiation table, yes, like, of course, some of it's going to be what have you done for me lately, but you can't drastically pay out and lock yourself into a a long term contract based on stuff you know that was two, three years removed at that point when you're when you're inking the when you're inking the paper. But I mean, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's interesting to think about and. 
I, I guess if there's one thing you can also take away from at least the start of this, from at least the like, if you're just giving yourself a you know season uh, week, you know, beginning of the major league season week one in review, did you expect much different? I mean, as a customer, sure, you could probably say, yeah, you didn't expect the bats like to completely blow, but not going to overreact. Sure, it's I mean, batting average well below 200, still have you know plenty of time to, to bake that up um, you know within the first month of the season even to get super super early projections but in terms of like just struggling like if you're just looking at it generally offensive struggles you know struggles here and there out of the bullpen as well then you're probably not incredibly surprised unfortunately right it's just all now coming to right it's disappointing <laughs> yeah but no, you're not really surprised just like oh crap this is actually happening like this <laughs> yeah no yeah and Five years removed, like, at what point do you then you, like, turn it into a rebuild? I mean, once again, another topic we talk about all the time, which is just crazy to see how, like, that window now just drastically closing. I mean, we talk about the window with the Chicago Bears, which now has opened up a whole lot wider with Andy Dalton. Oh, absolutely. Uh, apparently going to be the QB1, but it's weird to think about the championship window with the Cubs now because, once again, you would still say they're in that championship window, but... If you if you step back and really look into it, are they really right? So yeah, I don't know, man. Lots changed in the last five years, huh? Cubs in the a world, lot. man. It's been busy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come the end of 2016, in terms of that that final pitch, what is it like the? Pardon me for not remembering. November first, November second, November third day, whatever it was in the early mm-hmm. early parts of November in 2016, when the Cubs won it all. From that final pitch onto everything else that took place after, coming up to this five year point really craziness you know right and like even just sticking it with cubs focus like 2017 was fine and then every season after that i mean 2017 a little bit of a disappointment but i mean you can't necessarily just think you're going to go on ahead and repeat all you know so but everything i think definitely post 2017 you know from a baseball standpoint just absolutely not the way cubs fans wanted it to go but so their their window potentially closing a window that's supposed to be up and coming, the Chicago White Sox, but weird. It's been such a weird start to the season for them. Um, Lucas Giolito, I'm liking my my man Kopech. Finally get to see Kopech, and look at this. Just a stud out of the bullpen. I'm all roses there. And but, the Yerminator. Yeah, no no kid. Eight for eight, right? Yeah, eight for eight. And I, I, I was trying to look into it. Uh, I'm trying to see how many other hot starts there were. Um, that 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 rival that I know there was there was something out there that out there somebody else starting the career like four for four or five for five but I mean that absolutely it it sucks like once you see somebody start off that way it's because like it literally only is only downhill from there right like if I were to be in the major leagues and start off eight for eight or something nuts like ten for ten it's like oh shit like this suck like there's, there's like this isn't going to continue like we're only downhill from here but hopefully he has a good season and offensively you know we saw danny mendick today like there's going to be you know a little bit more offensive opportunity now with eloy you know potentially missing dang near the well definitely the majority if not almost you know three-fourths of the regular season in terms of what the you know predicted timetable is now but if there's one thing i could say about the first week of watching the white Sox is i wish i had a better very early on read of them like i really wish i did because right now it's just i guess you could say like a little 
uncomfortable-ish, only because, like, I want them to go out there and I want them to compete with the Minnesota Twins for the division, like, from start to finish. And if the Twins would ever want to struggle out the gate or whatnot, just from the moment it's go, it's play ball, game one, I wanted them to basically be a force to be reckoned with in the AL Central. Is that too much to ask for? So, I mean, I no. I don't like that they're you know, below 500 after the first week of games. You know, granted, it's on the West Coast trip, which for whatever reason is always, you know, dreaded to the White Sox. But I, I, I was hoping for more of a this is who we are. Yes, we got bounced out, you know, in the first round last season in the playoffs. But we're coming back. We're coming to take the division, and we're going to be we're going to be able to compete with you know the you know a team like the Yankees or whatnot or the Twins in the postseason, and you know we're we're here to play plenty <laughs> and plenty of time to still get there. For, I mean, heck, they they could turn around tomorrow for all we know. But um, that that is my super early feeling so far of our of our dear Southsiders. Yeah, I, I I think it's it, it's been a funky start, and it's almost it's almost like we talked about with the Cubs, but in a different way. Of like, I think there is that pressure based on preseason projections to get out to that hot start, and they're just getting the kinks out. And I think losing Aloy Jimenez was it a week before the season started? I mean, it didn't help. So I, I think they're you know they're trying to figure everything out, but you know I mean. Jose Abreu still Jose Abreu and Tim Anderson Tim Anderson and they're the Love that right Love and everything about that right and these guys are going to be you know carrying you as you go and so I think you're you're right to feel how you feel and we're and we're all right to not freak out and panic but you know we're going to scrutinize everything Tony Larusa does no matter what because it's Tony Larusa but but I I, I think. They're, you know, not to be like the general, they're going to be fine. Everything's okay. But like, I, it, it's like I said for the Cubs, it's not a matter of, of freaking out right now. It's a matter of uh, assessing the situation and seeing kind of what's going on and understanding if those flaws are surmountable or, or not. And they probably are. What do you got? A strobe light? You got a disco going on in there? I don't know what's going It's It's one of the lights, for whatever reason, ever since we even started this podcast, one of the lights in the room just likes to go absolutely crazy and flicker. I thought I changed it, but I guess I'm not a <laughs> guess I'm not a good enough handyman. It's all out of whack, just like the Cubs' offense. Oh uh, man, <laughs> had to go there. Oh man, but hey, your yeah. Sox got a day game today. That was at least nice and human hours. That was good. It's funny. I'm, I'm even though they so, lost. <laughs> I'm breezing. I'm breezing through the schedule now, and um, I mean, heck, uh, when this puppy drops, we'll have opening day, baby. Like, it's, How about it's it? And crazy thing about well, there'll be fans there right down the street from me from where I live, not too far away from Guaranteed Raid Field. So get the boys back in town and let's hopefully let's uh, don't need to drastically turn things around. I mean, I, I, we're fine, but definitely need to turn around a little bit and get back on track. And let's just take hold of the division mm-hmm. as soon as we can. And a good and a good Michael Kopech makes everyone happy. Man, I mean, you text him and it's like, oh, that's nice. He's filthy. Yeah, he's, it's when he's filthy. on. Look out. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, even so, like I said, it's only going to take us a couple games to – I really just want to get ahead of the division. I, I really do. I just want to get out there. <laughs> Dan's <but>. itching. <laughs> I'm, I'm itching just to lead the central, lead the charge. But we'll get there. I mean, in terms of any competition, I sorry, rest of the NL Central. I mean, let's be real here. 
Indians aren't the Indians that they were for the past few seasons. I mean, I, I really think it's tr- it's truly just Sox and Twins. I mean, nobody's looking at Tigers in Kansas City or maybe this train. When did you get a, okay? Like when did you get a train? I used to have the motorcycles. Now you got a disco light and a train. I know the disco lights driving me crazy. No, this this, this train is like uh, I always get this for whatever reason. Whenever we recorded. I, you know what? My window was always closed, but now that the weather's nice, uh, and then shut the window. So that's probably what I'm just terrible today in terms of uh, <laughs> podcasting and, and uh, soundproofing my room, and in terms of the camera, making sure the lighting's good because the lighting is not. Um, but either way, that takes us to uh, just me wishing the White Sox a, uh, a happy opening day, and hopefully they could uh, they could get the job done. There we had the train agrees. <laughs> the train agrees. That should be like our outro of the show. Just a burn. Is that the Blackhawk uh, goal. Yeah, there you go. That's exactly what it sounds like. I, I hope that train. When I'm watching the game tomorrow, I mean, no, I'll be working tomorrow. I'm not watching the game, but wink, wink. When the game's on in the background, <laughs> and like if there's a home run or something, besides hearing the uh, the fireworks, maybe this train could come on back and and give us the burn, burn. There you go. Um, yeah. So hopefully, White Sox opening day. Um, but now, Joey, time to reminisce. You you teased it in, in the open. Apparently, you know, uh, you, you did a little digging in the closet in terms of for, for the old sports memorabilia. I'm curious about this. What do we find? So the listeners have been waiting for like three weeks. Oh, I know. Well, we've had news to talk about. This is true. And, you know, the start of the MLB season. So, of course. So in the scary closet of doom, <laughs> there exists. Oh, where to start? There's no more Garcia Parra Cubs jersey. 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 Garcia jersey. Okay. Not the jersey, but a jersey. No, a full-on jersey. Alfonso Soriano jersey. Mark Pryor jersey. Um, That's ben, what we said. Oh. I know. Uh, ben Gordon. Kirk Heinrich. Wow. The Baby Bulls. See then, see, but you could tell the age of when I stopped purchasing jerseys. <laughs> like, okay, we got to a certain point. Um, so those were good ones, and at some, I think it was Ben Gordon's birthday this week. So I was watching the highlights, like, man, like that's just like imprinted in my brain. Just those pull up threes, like before threes yeah. were cool. Like, like with Steph Curry, it's like he was a like his his career kind of died in Detroit, but boy, was he a. Was he a, a force to be reckoned with for the Bulls for a good stretch of time with those baby Bulls? He really he was. was. Fun. Yeah, I, I'm looking at I'm looking him up right now to see exactly when his birthday is. April fourth. It was a few yeah. days ago. Wow. Okay. Like he was fun. Look at you. I used to have a Ben Wallace jersey too to go to round that group out, but it's not. I think I loaned it to someone in like middle school, and now it's gone forever. Ben Wallace. Yeah, but I mean, my even looking at his career statistics, fifteen points a game. He, he was a good I player mean, for a while. He was good. Six Man of the Year award in two thousand five. Yeah, a few. Uh, there was something better that happened in two thousand five in Chicago. Oh yeah, history, that too. Though. The other Reinsdorf team. We we don't necessarily have to go there, but yeah, <laughs> man. Very interesting, and and, and, a, and, a, and a Captain Kirk. Captain Kirk, and my favorite prize possession of all of them, and it's kind of worn out now, because I think there, I think there's old, like let's say there's Pippin and Jordan and the you know Sosa's like somewhere deep, deep, deep. But my prize weird possession because I'm a nut job <laughs> is my is my Red Bulls number five Andres Nocioni shirt, no. a jersey. Sh- 
Okay. It is my favorite thing. He was like my favorite player as a kid. Why? I couldn't tell you. But I was a huge, <laughs> huge, huge Noach fan. Maybe I like Vooch. It's like Noach. We'll see. But Vooch. Noach, was, no, Noach was fun. No, Noach was a whole lot of fun. Interesting. A no, and, and you said that was a jersey as it's well. It's a jersey. It's, I feel wow. like jerseys were also cheaper back then because I could not afford any of the jerseys now. <laughs> Uh, they were cheaper back then. I'm just thinking because I don't, I don't buy jerseys no. anymore. Um, yeah, it's where I get. You go through that phase though, huh? Like when you're a lot, yeah. like preteen. Um, definitely, definitely big in the preteen years, and even a little when you're a teenager for sure. I think the height of a jersey collection is probably when you're in your preteens, though. Probably. Oh yeah. Probably that's that's like the height of like I think the average um, jersey. I mean. Hey, if you're 55, 40, 30, whatever, and you're still buying jerseys, by all means, go on ahead and do it. Um, that's weird because, like, just even getting the brain going now, I don't remember the last jersey I bought, like, for myself, and I don't know if I'll ever, like, actually right. buy, like, for myself, like, another jersey. The last one it's I weird. bought is the Chris Bryant one after the World Series. It was, like, the special, like, memorabilia one. But Yeah, that makes sense. But that's it. I, I, all my other jerseys are at least 10, 15 years old. It's weird. Isn't it weird when you do reach that certain age, like you just don't even want like the jersey? And and, this is, and I don't even think it has anything to do with the day of age we're in where, oh, you know how long even a Chris Bryant will be around. Or the, to, to me, like that that's irrelevant. Like you can buy a Chris Bryant jersey, you know, today or a Rizzo jersey today. And even if they're gone tomorrow, they still I mean, you're wearing it for like the time they were a Cub. And like that, that's the right. memory of it. Um, so, but it doesn't really have anything to do with that. You know, and it, I guess I just don't care to wear one have one is it, is it like too too manly of a thing to wear like somebody else's jersey i don't like is, is that a component of it i don't know you're not rocking the throwback at lala with your with your nice nba kicks you know what i you know what i do <laughs> like and i think that's kind of cool even though i probably wouldn't own it either necessarily is like if i saw a throwback like 1983 socks jersey that like maybe had nothing on the back or even if it was like a fisk or something like that would be kind of cool only because like it's a throwback and like the players not playing today, you know, you're just wearing like kind of like a throwback. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. Me, uh, always that we talked about last time. I'm, I'm recording this in my 05 World Series hat. I have literally like every championship Chicago had you could think of, and apparently I'm also a big fan of like the whenever like they win the championship. I, I like have them like the old one. Even like I, I remember having the Bulls one, the um, like the cartoon style like shirts where it shows them like yeah, yeah, yeah. parade or something like that like i don't know those why i love cool. those but i have those too um and i like random like signed like chicago like blackhawk scarves oh, nice. just really just really yeah weird, but who signed it is like the 04 like i mean the 05 blackhawks no no it was like uh i think right before i i, I wonder if you remember this right before they won the cup like okay Two or three, uh, I was like the very beginning, you know, like of the whole Taze Kane era. Like two or two or three, like uh, Blackhawk conventions before that, like the whole team would show up and the whole team would just sign stuff, and you didn't even need like those tickets or things That's like cool. that. Yeah, so, no one cared then. Yeah, yeah. If you ever got into one of those conventions, like just before, like a year or two just before they actually won the damn thing, it was it was like almost easy oh yeah and like by a big name player like you can get a couple things autographed by by a one jonathan taves but not you know not anymore it's totally like literally immediately after they won the cup 
there was like hardly anybody. I think they had like you know four big names, maybe. Right, right. and it makes sense. You just won the damn cup and do something else, I guess. Um, but yeah, so so no, it's actually from uh, you know a couple big names from back then. Oh, Campbell's on there for sure. Um, <laughs> I think even front office, I think there's like McDonough on there. It's there just, you go. It's crazy. Um, so yeah, I think I think um, that and just like my random random like championship hat collection. Yeah, it's like. It's like my Air Force Ones. I got like two pairs of everything. It's like I got like two pairs of every hat or like two, not pair. It wouldn't be a pair, but yeah, if there's a championship hat, I got multiple of them. Yeah, I think I have all those too. Like I, I have the championship hats, the the Blackhawks championship shirts, the Cubs shirts, random, but Bears don't have any champ. Oh, no, I, I take that back. I have, like I told you that one time, <laughs> I do have somewhere the NFC North champions and the Bears versus Colts Super Bowl that I bought pre-game, or my dad bought, I was a kid, but pre-game that I've never, ever, ever worn. Um, they just uh, like, I, I'm sure if I keep digging, there's more boxes of, of crap in there that it's like, like random, like, I bet you there's gotta be like a 2007, 2008, like Cubs Central Division champs hat somewhere in my oh, yeah. house. Like it's totally there. Oh, Where? Yeah. I don't I, know. I wouldn't doubt if yeah, I even had something from, uh, 2000 Central Division winning White Sox. Right. In 2000. Oh, like man. like like I still have my 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 best pajama shirt is the extra large Illinois Sweet 16 Elite Eight from oh. 05. That was purchased time. as a child and luckily still fits as an XL. <laughs> I forget what is it. They, I, it's funny because I saw a flashback like on Twitter the other day about that game. I forget that they didn't lose that game by much. It was like 75-70 final score. Like Oh, the championship? They, yeah. Yeah, against North Did Carolina. the cheaters? Like, yeah. They, <laughs> they were legit in it. To the, to, to, and I don't know, for some reason, I, maybe because like, I'm scarred from it, like, I just felt like it wasn't that close. Yeah, I don't remember it at all. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, someone was talking about it yesterday. Like, the miracle game. Like, everyone knows that... Arizona, yeah. No, that, but I'm saying like the, like, like the miracle on ice... Like everyone, oh, like yeah. like everyone remembers them beating Russia, but not the actual championship gold medal game they won. It's like I remember the yeah. Final Four, the Sweet Sixteen, the Elite Eight, all the chaos with that, and the big comeback against Arizona. But the championship game, like it's it's sparse to me because yeah. the other stuff was so ingrained in me. Sean May, Raymond Felton. I'll, I'll never forget God. those names. I'll never forget those names. Those were the big boys. Sean May didn't even have a good NBA career. What no. the hell? Felton was okay. It was all right, but yeah, Sean May's career was wasn't worth winning the national title for. Uh, but anyways, yeah, that that was a uh, that was a slice, Joey. Look at this, uh, number fifty, the Big Five O. We're old now. Yep, we're middle aged. We're a middle aged podcast. <laughs> middle aged podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, next time we'll uh, on fifty one, we'll have uh, more baseball talk and uh, little bulls, perhaps next time, Joey. Yeah. There we go. Sounds good. So. As we close this out, are we officially hoarders or just silly mm. Chicago sports fans that don't get rid of their stuff because we uh, we love our teams too much? I love no. I'm d- definitely. I don't think there's any other way to defend this. Even if there's not, <laughs> even even if there's not more than like a handful of garments that are that old, like the stuff you're talking about. Like, let's just be honest here. Is there any reason other than? Like, 
that there really just isn't like no like your Garcia like your Garcia Par jersey. Is there really any reason for you to own that except for maybe like oh well it still serves as like cup equipment when I go to Wrigley and you know I go no. watch a game exactly That's so <laughs> long ago it's two thousand and five they got him like I I have scarves I, know, I was talking about my Blackhawks I have ones that like are not signed like do do I really need that do I really need like I said, it's to, to me. I guess the only way I can think about it is it's just purely emotional attachment. Right, that's what I is. have. It's terrible. Like I'm like I will. Ne- I literally will never wear this shirt ever again. But yes. I can't bring myself to donate it. I oh, can't. Yeah. Do, do you think I'll ever wear like a a 1998 Chicago Bulls cartoon championship jersey? Like. Or shirt. I'm not cool Probably enough not. to wear that. Only you are. I can't wear that. Well, I'm not cool enough. No, not anymore. Not 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 at the age of thirty with with the beer gut and everything. No <laughs> way. No way. So yeah, I, I think I'm going to officially hoarders on this one. There's, Me too. The, 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 there's there's no other way around it. It just is what it is. We're sorry, listeners, but everybody else out there too. I, I'm sure there's at least one or two hoarded items that every diehard sports fan, whether it be Chicago or not, oh, yeah. uh, definitely has packed away in the closet. Look, there's a couple of ours. What I always find funny, though, is that like I'm, the out of all the sports, like the biggest Bears fan, and my family's the biggest Bears fan, and I have the least amount of Bears gear. And I don't know if that's just how it worked out growing up, or it's because they've been so bad for so long i don't have any gear to buy no i mean i think sadly it's a little bit of that even with jerseys like who would you have ever bought when you were younger like or right. like briggs like you're not buying like an offensive right name I mean, hester potentially i had that a hester probably, i think that's about, a, so that's like and maybe a cutler because it was on sale <laughs> like yeah. before before i got traded the most popular that people would still wouldn't mind seeing yeah. on somebody is probably Hester. Yeah. So that just goes to show well, you. There, state, right, because there was that big stretch. Someone, someone wrote an article about it. I mean, this has got to be five or six years ago. Like, it was in the the Mark Trestman and John Fox era, that, that six-year stretch, whatever it was. And they said, we went to the game as a reporter, not me, the person who wrote the article, went to the game as a reporter and went to the tailgates and looked around at all everyone in their jerseys. And there was, like, not a single person in a current player jersey because that's how bad mm. they were. And it was like, if that doesn't tell you what's going on with this team, I don't know what will. Like, everything was Erlacher, Briggs, Harris, Cutler, Hester, what, what, Peppers. You know what else you're missing? You know what else you're and I, I hate that I didn't mention this. A couple Bears jerseys that, like, I got when I was a kid, even instead of buying whoever the hell, like, a Cade McNown or a Marty Booker, I got a Dick Buckus. Like, right. You got, you, you got a Buckus or a Peyton. Or a Peyton, or, right. Even, even a Singletier. Like, the a, a fridge. Like, Correct. You, I, I would look at those and buy those, and I did before I even got, like I said, like a Cade McNown, a Marty Booker. Uh, right. I mean, like people had Kyle Long jerseys. Like that's the stretch you had to make for that for that length of time, and that's crazy. Yeah, and that's the offensive jersey you're buying. You're buying a Kyle Long, or you're throwing it way back to Hester, or even if you have a color, you're you're not wearing it anymore to the game. So yeah, you're offensively, you're probably only wearing a. I mean, maybe if you buy an Allen Robinson, that's like the closest you're probably to currently. Or true, but you're not buying true. Like yeah, depending on oh, when they wrote that, it was years ago. So yeah, I mean you're probably wearing like a Kyle Long or or a Devin Hester. Special teams, hopefully soon to be Hall of Famer. Look at that. Put That's him in the crazy. hall. Put him in the hall. <laughs> That's where we're at, though. Oh god. Well, that sucks to think about. When I was <laughs> when, when I was searching for Bears jerseys, I legitimately was looking for Walter Payton, for Dick Buckus, 
for right. Mike Singletary. I wasn't looking for. I can't even remember. I said when I when I go back that far, I can't even remember right. who's on the team. For whatever reason, I'm just thinking of Cade McNown, Marty Booker. I mean, I remember maybe looking into like some like Mike Brown jerseys or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Safety, <laughs> but yeah, offensively, I can't really. Right. You know, back in the days when I very very first started, one watching Bears football, two buying jerseys, which is way back. You know, you're talking like early 2000s, late, right. late 90s, early 2000s, like. There was just nobody good that you didn't want any yeah. of their jerseys. Well, think about Sorry. even like 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 the Bulls conversation we just had. Like, did the Bulls ever win a championship from 2005 to 2000? And I don't know, 14. No, but yeah. they were a present playoff team that entire stretch. Well, they weren't that great. They were there, so it was there was incentive. Like, okay, like there's I, I'd be okay wearing a Kirk Heinrich, a Ben Gordon, a Joakim yeah. Noah a Taj Gibson kind of jersey and then obviously yeah, you got Derek, Derek and then you got yeah. Derek Rose and everything since then but like right. there was at least still a okay I can wear this with a little sense of pride or I have incentive to buy it because yeah. because this team's making the playoffs and they're fun and they're growing did they ever win no but the bears i mean yeah you had two years and then a couple of years off meaning like almost a decade off and then again you make it another decade off and then you make it's like there's just these gaps of like, holy yeah. crap! And even when you did, you bought defensive players: Briggs, Tillman, Urlacher. Right. Throw it way back, maybe Mike Brown. Like that's what you, or Zuma even. Like right. that's what that's what you were buying. You were buying the defensive players. You were buying though that starting eleven and not the offensive starting eleven. Unless it's Kyle Long, maybe. But even then, like you're picking a lineman because you there's, right. there's no other position player that could get the job done out there that you feel worth, you know, God. repping. Look at that. On a good yeah. note. On a good yeah, note. Episode, episode 50 on a good note. I How love grand. it. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for us today on Believe in Chicago Sports. You can follow the show on Twitter at Believe in Chicago. I'm on Twitter at Joey Gellman, the man on the other side of the Skype. He's on Twitter at TweetDanCollins. The Believe Podcast Network is our home for the show. They're the number one podcast network for professionals. We thank you for joining us this week and confirming that Dan and I are both hoarders of old Chicago sports jerseys and jerseys and shirts, whatever it happens, whatever you want to call it. We hope you are uh, the same as us and just as crazy because we love our teams no matter what. And that's why we do the show and keep coming back and talking about them as much as they anger us each and every week. We'll talk to you guys uh, next time up on episode 51. Until then, have a great rest of your week. Talk soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.